disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. I'm always excited to have this guest join me. Um, Cheryl Ackerson is an award-winning um, investigative reporter. She was essentially fired from CBS because she got too close to the truth. The government started spying on her. It was a harrowing, harrowing ordeal. And she's recently won a court case because she's suing the government because she wants the truth to come out completely on what happened to her. Um, it's kind of a nightmare scenario. And the interesting thing is that the government has gotten worse about this, not better. And it's interesting when you combine that with the conversation around the Twitter files and how the government has gotten into bed with the media and uh, big tech, uh, you can see that we have a serious problem on our hands. So this is an interesting conversation. We're going to talk about her latest um, uh, court case that she's won. And uh, if you haven't heard it before, the background on what actually happened to her and how scary it was, that is all coming up in today's episode of The Disruption Zone. Today's episode of The Disruption Zone is brought to you by our friends at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Not just a home remodeling, kitchen remodeling company. They're the place that when I lived in Louisville, I trusted to remodel my kitchen and my master bathroom. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. The craftsmanship, the hard work ethic, the honesty and integrity, and all the choices for affordable prices. LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. Call my friend Tim Montgomery over there. Talk to their designers, 502-930-3304. That's 502-930-3304. If you have already got in mind what you want to do and you want to do it yourself and you just need the cabinets, they have so many styles to choose from, modern, shaker, traditional, country, whatever you need in all kinds of colors. Plus, they can do a custom-cut for you, for your granite, or any other type of hard surface countertop. And if you want a turnkey kitchen remodel, boom, they'll come in to help you design it, get it all done the way you want it done. I'm confident it's the reason or one of the reasons why my home sold in less than a day because of the beautiful work by Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Check them out, LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com, 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, Kentucky. If you're in southern Indiana, central Kentucky, uh, Oldham County, this is your place. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. We are also brought to you by Bourbon City Golf Carts. I freaking love these guys. Bourbon City Golf Carts. Here's a cool thing that sets them apart. If you're thinking about getting a golf cart just to roll around the neighborhood or to load up and take to the course or whatever you want to do with it. They're made in the USA. They're assembled right here in the United States at three assembly plants, California, Texas, and Florida. And they come fully factory street legal so they're ready to rock and roll now the battery is dc the cart converts it to ac which is a much greater efficiency and these cars can run 25 miles per hour straight from the factory a typical electric car is only 15 to 18 miles per hour so if you're trying to run errands around the neighborhood this is it but get this it's not the only thing one thing that they've got is they've got sales they've got service and they've got rentals and Free money is hard to find these days. Not a lot of people doing 0%. Check this out. With the Evolution brand golf cart, they've got a 36-month deal at 0% interest. So that's pretty awesome, all right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to give them a call, 502-718-0757, or just go to bourboncitygolfcarts.com. If you didn't catch that number, go to bourboncitygolfcarts.com. Thanks so much to Bourbon City Golf Carts for their awesome sponsorship of this program. And now, for our guest and today's conversation. 
Well, I want to welcome back to the program my friend Cheryl Atkinson, who is an award-winning journalist. Um, she is an author. Uh, she's an investigative journalist. I mean, actually a real one, like one that actually tries to get to the truth and not push an agenda. And she's just won a big case in her lawsuit against the government or parts of a big case in her lawsuit against the government for spying on her. Fascinating story. She joins us now. Cheryl, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Leland. Thank you for having me. Um, so let me start with this, because uh, you've you've written several books on the state of journalism. You've written several books on the government interfering with journalism, and you've experienced it in real life. And so for people who haven't heard you on the program before, new listeners and such, can you just give me kind of the overview of what happened and why you're actually suing the government and, and how all of this came about? Well, I was covering a lot of controversial stories that were only really controversial because this trend to allow propagandists, corporate and political to sort of censor and shape the news, learned how to make stories controversial simply for saying that they are in order for people not to believe them. So I was covering a lot of stories that were made into big political controversies, even though I didn't see them as political stories. Both Democrats and Republicans didn't like some of them, which is fine. But this was during the Obama White House. And it turns out, in retrospect, we know they really waged war on whistleblowers who were speaking to journalists and to the journalists who were reporting their stories and so on. So unbeknownst to me, I'd been subjected to a long-term illegal government spy operation in my personal computers and my CBS computers. Had no idea, never suspected it, but was tipped off by some intel sources. Sounded far-fetched at the time because we're talking about 2012 before we knew this was common before Edward Snowden came forward, before we knew they had spied on James Rosen at Fox News and the Associated Press reporters. So they were doing a lot of stuff, hadn't yet surfaced. And I had the connections, to the, the ability to get my computer analyzed by someone who could see this if it were in my computers. Uh, this kind of malware by the government or software or intrusions can't be detected by the normal means that you use at your companies. And immediately came back positive that we had a lot of details that they had been monitoring my keystrokes in my fast system, activated Skype when it was off to listen in on conversations, accessed my computer by a BGANS satellite terminal. I mean, just so many details. Wow. <laughs> then I reported that to CBS. They hired an independent forensic firm that confirmed the intrusions. And we only know as a result of my current lawsuit because the government won't hold itself accountable, so I'm trying to sue privately. We only know through recent depositions that the private firm hired by CBS had some government kind of spooks that worked in that firm. And when they saw the evidence of the crime in the computers, they notified the government. Mm. And government people, unbeknownst to me at the time, from the FBI came to the private firm that CBS hired and took some information and the firm expected, well, we'll hear back from them because certainly they'll want to investigate. Never heard back again, you know, to this day. And the FBI never told me it opened a case or tried to help me. But I only know from documents from suing them that they did open a case citing me as the victim of computer intrusions. And yet, again, didn't interview me, try to help me. So it's very suspicious, of course, that they opened a case and yet didn't pursue it on the biggest really international journalism spy case that was going on at the time and still historically probably one of the most important ones that happened 
not because it's me, but because of what the government was doing to people like me. Yeah. And, and, and obviously, if they were doing it to you, they were doing it to others who may still to this day not know that it had been done to them. Um, so we're talking with Cheryl Atkinson. She's the author of the bestseller Slanted. Um, and we're, we'll talk a little bit about journalism in a minute. But just to zero in on this, um, the, the what spe- do you know to this day? Do you know specifically what story that because from a constitutional standpoint, they're supposed to have like a legal reason why they're spying on someone. Right. So do you even know what their their fake drummed up reason was that they were trying to use? Like, oh, here's the reason we need to know what Cheryl is saying. Was it your sources? Are they hiding behind? Well, we were just trying to spy on her sources. I mean, what was the legal reason and what might have been the story you think that tipped tipped them to the point that they wanted to know more about what you were doing? Well, this was not a legal wiretap, so they didn't have to provide a reason or a justification. And I believe, based on what I know, there are multiple rogue operations inside the government that do this sort of thing, sort of black or dark operations. And they don't need reasons. They don't come up with justifications. So they've never to this day explained why their IP addresses were illegally found in my computers, which is like a fingerprint. They can't deny that government presence, the government presence was there. And they've never explained why. They've just tried to get the suits thrown out on technical grounds and sovereign immunity and all kinds of other claims, which they've been pretty successful at. It's very hard to fight the government to even get the case, you know, before a jury. As to the stories, since I believe there are multiple operations that took place over long periods of time and are probably continuing today, I think it was I was just a journalist they watched, not even four particular stories, but certainly sensitive to the Obama administration where my green energy stories following up on Solyndra, very sensitive. They really tried to get CBS to stop those stories. Mm. My uh, vaccine relate safety stories, the government and the pharmaceutical industry together really worked hard to stop and controversialize factual reporting on that. And of course, the big ones, Fast and Furious and Benghazi, those had to be triggers. And we do know from the forensics that they were accessing everything in my computer, but we could see specifically that they were in my Fast and Furious folder looking at photographs related to that case and so on. So right. I in think fact, it's all of going up to the 2012 election. Yeah, and and, and just uh, Fast and Furious, for those that, that don't remember, that was the gun-walking um, scandal where the Obama administration was essentially walking guns into Mexico uh, under the guise that they would somehow be able to track those guns into the cartel's hands and then stop the cartels ended up killing um, Brian Terry, I think was his name, the, um, uh, the the border patrol agent who got into a firefight with a cartel. And, and some of these guns that the Obama administration walked into cartel's hands actually killed him. So, um, yeah, that's that's a that that it's funny because Michelle Obama just yesterday, I think, um, with Oprah said that her administ- her her husband's administration was scandal free and i was just like my god that's only if you spy on shut down and get fired the journalists that are actually covering the scandals you can say that right <laughs> i mean that's the beginning of a time when they would just now it's common people just say things that aren't true that make no sense and they just say it over and over and a certain segment of this i guess it's effective cuz certain yeah. number of people think that's true so they say the most ridiculous things they were saying that as the scandals were unfolding in the Obama administration. Yeah. I think that was one of the few, if only attorneys general who were, I think wasn't Eric Holder impeached over this. Yes. It was the fast and furious was the only time Obama declared executive privilege to keep public documents hidden so that we never know the true things that happened with that case. There were so many controversies under 
the yeah. Obama administration. Um, Holder was held in contempt of Congress um, okay. over lying about these things. So, That's right. yeah. yeah. Um, so you you had a big win in this court case um, just last week, I believe it was. You had a number of hearing or a hearing in New York Southern District. Um, what does this mean for your case? Basically, they, across the board, the court was like um, you were dealing with procedural disputes because the government's trying to roadblock you and and suing them. Um, so what 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 uh, what was this win? Let me talk about two small victories, and I bear no illusion that I can just win this case and we'll identify who's responsible and they'll be held accountable. I just don't know how that's going to happen with what I know now about the courts and the Department of Justice and the motivations. But we're keeping it alive as best we can just to make the bad guys uncomfortable and make it less easy for them to do this to other people. And two victories are we got a clerk's default against one defendant, a former guy that worked for the federal agency, the U.S. Attorney's Office under Rod Rosenstein in Baltimore, part of one of these dark units that he says was spying on thousands of citizens, including me. And because he did not properly respond to the suit after giving a lot of evidence to us, but we sued him, um, we got a clerk's default against him. So the only thing that remains is we'll have a trial on damages. Certainly he he's disappeared. I won't get money out of it, which isn't really the point, but there will be a trial on damages. And that's maybe the first clerk's default or win of that kind ever in a wow. case like that. Wow. Yeah. That's... The thing that happened recently um, CBS is tangentially involved. You know, some of the people there, like Jeff Fager, who's no longer there, but he was sort of chairman of the board at the time and head of news. He was wonderfully supportive. Um, but other people at CBS had dubious things going on. They weren't getting to the bottom of this when they promised to or should have. They didn't contact or help me, even though this was really one of the biggest scandals, the breach of our computers that I can think of for the technical team there who happened to have formerly worked at the NSA and been connected to the Obama administration. So there's some weird things going on. But when I left CBS ahead of my contract, I got them to agree in writing to preserve all this evidence because we knew at the time, you know, we would need it perhaps down the road. Come back to the lawsuit and comes time for us to get this stuff. And CBS says, oh, we don't have it. And only until we went to them legally and said, you were required to preserve it. If you don't have it, that's a big issue. Did they suddenly say, okay, we got it. Oh, we found it. We found it. But now all of a sudden, for the first time, they've said, you can't have it. And we don't understand that because we've already examined the hard drive. We've got the forensic evidence through multiple independent exams, but we still need the original for the lawsuit. And they've been withholding it from us improperly. Finally, there was a hearing about this, and the court said, yes, they have to turn it over, I think, by April 27th. And additionally, they're required to conduct a good faith effort to identify communications they had at the time that I didn't know about with members of Congress and members of the government about my case. So who knows? You know, everybody now is saying when we depose them, gosh, that was so long ago, we don't remember anything about this really important case, significant case. All of a sudden, the technical people in charge at CBS I don't even remember that case. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, made international headlines, but yeah. they don't have any of it. So it's a tough nut to crack. Is it? Is it that they're afraid that those communications might lend to the uh, an implication that they were a sort of fine colluding with the government to shut you down on these things? In other words, that 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 this whole thing we're seeing now with big tech and big media being in bed with government has maybe gone on longer than we thought it has. We're left to speculate. I can only tell you that circumstantially, all of this started after CBS hired two former government 
Intel officials to head their computer systems around this time period, which Intel people told me at the time was very odd because most news organizations don't want Intel people in their news organization. Right. So we hired those guys. All of this stuff started when it was reported and revealed. They never contacted me. I didn't even know about their existence, the hiring of these special guys. till someone at 60 Minutes told me, oh, I'll bet those new guys from the NSA that work for us are all over this for you. I'm like, who? Right. I had squeeze it out of them to even get them to answer an email and say, are you looking into this? And they never did anything with me, helped nothing. You know, they just, that was odd. And of course, David Rhodes was, is the brother of Ben Rhodes, who was a top official at mm-hmm. David Rhodes, President CBS. Ben Rhodes was working in the Obama White House. Yeah. And I suspect there were communications because this happened frequently between our executives or people at CBS and our attorneys and people representing people at the government. Maybe they don't want us to have those. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be embarrassing to to find out just how long mainstream media has been in bed with with the government, which is fascinating because at one time the whole goal was to hold the government accountable. And it seems to have completely become propaganda arm uh, for them. Um so let's talk about that for a second. Again, we're talking with Cheryl Atkinson. She's an award-winning uh, investigative journalist, author of the best-selling book, Slanted, which is about media slant, media agenda. Um, is is journalism today salvageable at all? Not in the form that it was, in my opinion. Not that it was ever perfect, but in my day, I'm talking back in the 80s when I was in college, there was this idea that we were trying to be neutral when we reported stories. It wasn't so much advocacy journalism, although, yes, I admit that crept that crept in. I've worked very hard to self-analyze my reporting and what I've done over the years to try to, you know, understand what I'm doing and to try to be fair. And now I, I work on reporting off narrative stories because nobody else, everybody's on so much on the same page. You're not getting full information. But I don't think we return to that. And that's a result of the process I've described in my books for many years, that it's been a slow takeover by corporate and political interests through all kinds of propaganda methods, using the Internet and news media partners and getting people hired in news organizations and Mm -hmm. forming nonprofits and LLCs and controlling the journalism organizations, the education and academic institutions. It's too deep. We would have needed to have had this off. 15, 20 years ago. And in fact, I, you know, would, was, would talk to the lawyers at CBS when we would face certain attacks we could see were coordinated, well-funded attacks, for example, from the pharmaceutical industry and trying to censor our stories. And I would say, we need to do more than play defense because they've got billions of dollars. All they do is just come at news organizations. And if we don't fight back or develop some of our own tactics, we're going to just be overcome by this because we're too busy just trying to cover stories. We're not spending any attention deflecting the propaganda campaigns. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened. And I, I used to tell the investigative reporters and editors group, IRE, I think they dropped the ball because I would say we have all these seminars and meetings every year about topics. And I would say this is really important. This is happening. The improper influence of our news and what's creeping into the newsrooms. And they didn't want to hold seminars on it or talk about it. I think I was looked at as sort of a problem child when I brought these things up. And now here we are today. I hope something new is born of this, because as I like to say, the truth finds a way to be told. And people ultimately do know when they're being given only half truths or biased information and they are seeking something else. 
And there are people working to try to develop platforms that can't be canceled and ways of doing things differently so that we're not stuck in this position. I hope some of those will come through. Yeah, I was going to ask what you thought the, the answer was. I think you just answered that question. It, it's Substack. It's, um, you know, Twitter being bought by somebody who wants to keep it an open and independent forum. It's that because I think the biggest symptom of everything you just said, that journalism as we know it is dead, was the fact that, you know, the Twitter files is probably the greatest scandal in the history of media ever. And no one cares about it. Right. You know, and it's like all of this is stacked on your initial foray into this problem back in 2012. So, um, Cheryl, it's always good to talk to you. I appreciate your bravery. Um, and just, you know, every time I see stuff up from you, it's like you just keep soldiering on uh, to try to tell the truth. And, and that's what America needs. And, you know, hopefully the, the splintering of information will allow us to decentralize what the government controls and propaganda. So thanks to you for for being a part of that. That's a good point. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Today's amazing episode was brought to you by Bourbon City Golf Carts. Check them out at bourboncitygolfcarts.com, Louisville's one-stop destination, and Southern Indiana, by the way. One-stop destination for awesome golf carts from slightly used to brand new, from regular to custom-built to awesome wheels and beautiful colors. These are your new convenient way to get around your neighborhood. Check this out. You think of a golf cart as just kind of a basic thing. It's not. With Bourbon City golf carts, these things, have, they've got models with seatbelts in the front and rear seats. In case you're driving around the neighborhood, you want to get those kids buckled up. Cup holders for everyone. Custom two-tone stitch seating. Coolers and storage compartments under the rear seat. I mean, it, the list goes on and on at the ways that you can actually get a, a vehicle, a cart, that will be really awesome to use. And get this. Free money's hard to t t find these days. Their Evolution brand, they've actually got a 36-month deal at 0% interest. And I know golf carts in the name, Bourbon City Golf Carts, but these aren't really golf carts. These are street machines. They are ready to roll. I would consider these to be party vehicles, right? I mean, you got all kinds of stuff. I mean, these these are party vehicles. You're going to love this, man. Load it up in your RV. Take it to tailgate at the UK game. I mean, come on. Or the Louisville game, right? Like, get it on. Get that game going. You can talk to the folks at Bourbon City Golf Carts today by calling 502-718-0757. But I encourage you to check out their website at bourboncitygolfcarts.com because you can see their inventory all right there. Services that they offer, you can even rent them. Hey, you want to rent one for a special upcoming golf outing and see how you like it? And then go and buy one and all their inventory again is available for you online at bourboncitygolfcarts.com. So check them out and again... We are super excited to have Bourbon City Golf Carts as a sponsor of the Disruption Zone. They're at 502-718-0757. We're also excited to be sponsored by Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. My friend Tim Montgomery at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops did our kitchen and our master bathroom in our house in Odom County, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Such awesome work, such craftsmanship, such work ethic, and great prices, and from start to finish, if you want a, a designer to just take it over and do it all for you, or you consult and they do all the work, or if you're doing it yourself, they've got those options too. Any kind of cabinet you're looking for, style, they've got it mostly in stock. They don't have any problems with supply chain crisis. They're there for you, and they can get that done. Plus, if you want a custom cut of any type of solid stone, they've got that for you as well. Go to LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com, 502-930-3304, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, at 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, if you're in southern Indiana, Louisville, or Odom County, this is your place for the kitchen remodel. Thanks, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops.
And thank you for listening to the Disruption Zone. You can follow us on Instagram. It's at Greatly Londo. And on Twitter, it's at Leland Show. You can also download us for free and subscribe for free from iHeartRadio's podcast. Just search podcast for Leland Conway or Disruption Zone. But it'll come right up. You can also download us for free and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts and Google Play. It's pretty awesome. Super easy to get fresh new episodes sent right to your pocket. Big thanks to um, Dynamics Audio Productions in Lexington, Kentucky for all the work they do with the audio side of this program. If you're looking for some help with audio digitizing old videotapes or you got a major Hollywood type project, dxaudio.com, Dynamics Audio Productions, and Neil Kesterson and his crew can get it done for you. And thank you again so much for listening to The Disruption Zone. Over 100,000 downloads and counting. I am Leland Conway. This is The Disruption Zone.